Hi, this is Alan Schimmel, DevOps.com, here for another DevOps chat. And I'm joined today by Mark Nunnikoven of Trend Micro. Mark, welcome to DevOps Chat. Thanks for having me, Alan. I hope I didn't mangle your name too bad, did I? No, it's perfect. It's uh, it's a tricky one. It looks really menacing, but ends up being relatively simple after you've heard it a few hundred times. So, absolutely, very good. So, um, Mark, I asked you to join us today. I think we we had done a a webinar and and talked a bit offline about you know the, some of the challenges around securing hybrid cloud and. Uh, you know, versus obviously people moving stuff to the cloud, people still have stuff in their data center and what's good for one, it may not necessarily be good for the other, but what's good for both might be an entirely different thing. And I I wanted to just spend a little bit of time with you uh, talking about the challenges of securing the hybrid cloud. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting topic that I don't think gets enough attention. So I'm glad we can have this chat. Yep. Before we jump into it, though, Mark, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't give you a chance to just let people know. I did mention you with Trend Micro, but what is what is your role there? Yeah, I'm uh, the vice president in charge of uh, cloud research. Um, so I look at how organizations are tackling security in the cloud in hybrid environments um, for uh, you know traditional servers and workloads, uh, containers, serverless, um, sort of anything that's breaking new ground. It's it's a lot of fun, and there's a lot of really interesting stuff happening. Great. So, Mark, you know, I, I, I think I started us off by saying, you know, there's, there's people who are making solutions for the cloud. There's people making solutions for the data center, the on-prem. And what's good for one is not necessarily good for the other. And then, of course, most of the world is living in some sort of hybrid environment. Yeah. What do, and what do th- we do? That's a great question because, <laughs> um, uh, you know, I've seen uh, working with organizations around the world, I've seen sort of um, all of the possible scenarios, I think, at least the major ones that people kind of come to um, thinking might work. And they sort of range from we're going to um, force uh, data center processes and controls into the cloud, um, which is a recipe for disaster. Um, you know, they're very different environments um, to the opposite of we're going to take everything that's working in the cloud and we're going to force it on the data center um, to, you know, we're going to run two completely different environments in completely different ways and essentially double the workload. Um, None of those is really satisfactory. Um, Sort of the best route forward tends to be looking at what's working in the cloud and trying to um, push a lot of those concepts into the data center, but you still need to make adjustments for the reality of that the data center is very, you know, sort of slow and uh, very um, high level of rigor and very formulaic and, you know, very well established. Um, So you do need to make adjustments, but, you know, the goal is to get one way of doing things with allowances for the difference in both environments. Yep. And, and Mark, as you said, that, that may be the goal, but, you know, from day one, you, you obviously, you need a plan to get there. And can you maybe share with our audience a little bit, where do you see the logical steps, if you will, to, to getting there? 
Yeah, and I think that's a really good way to, to phrase it, you know, because we can all we all love the architecture powerpoints, and you go to the event and you get really excited about what the eventual um, design and implementation will look like. But getting there can be really ugly and really messy. Um, I think the the biggest thing, and it's unfortunately the thing that people uh, tend to forget about, is looking at um, not just the security, but the operations, um, processes, and controls that you're using today, um, and why you're using them. And I think that's of the big piece that people miss is, you know, why am I using something like an intrusion prevention system or why am I using anti-malware or why do I have this change review board for any sort of operational change I want to make? And once you start to dig into the why you do these things, you realize that the implementation can change as long as you're still meeting that why. So, you know, we put intrusion prevention in place so that we make sure that anytime we open up traffic to this server that we verify it is actually secure web traffic like we're expecting. Once you know that's the reason, then you can look and say, in my data center, that makes sense to have um, a big uh, perimeter appliance doing that job, whereas in the cloud, it makes more sense to have something running on the host doing that same job. So you're still getting the same um, answer to why, it's just the how is different in each environment. So it's, you've got to dig into those, and it starts to clarify what you're doing. Got it. Um... Mark, and what are we seeing? I mean, what, obviously a trend. You're, you're probably talking with a lot of customers. Are they are they coming from the cloud down with their solution? In other words, buying a cloud solution and building, or or from the data center up, if you will. A lot of the time we're seeing um, the data center up simply because it'll be one team within a larger organization. So we're talking mainly, you know, traditional enterprise and, and large governments. Um, and it'll be one team that's gone and said, we're going to push everything and build it new in the cloud. And when they start to kick off that process, they start to get a lot of existing policy and existing culture enforced on them. So they'll get, you know, specifically to security, they'll get people saying, well, you need this. You need to make sure that, you know, you, you go across these boundaries and you design your network in a certain way. And um, so they start to try to take those same designs, which are great in the data center, um, but horrible in the cloud. And they try to push those into the cloud, and they usually end up failing. And then about six months afterwards, realize that they need to take a new approach because it is a completely different environment. Got it. And you know what, Mark? I'm a firm believer that at least for the foreseeable future, Five, ten years. Hybrid cloud is the is the dominant, right? Uh, the dominant usage pattern that we'll we'll see from people. Um, is is this yours as well? Yeah, 100%. And for me, it's simple economics. Um, as much as you want to be in the cloud, if that's the case, if bought in even you know um, you'll see it at the major uh, um, events from the big cloud providers they'll pull out big enterprises who are um, their CEO or their CIO is you know yelling from the top of their lungs that they're going to be all in on the cloud even in those scenarios they're still going to take 12 to 18 months to move out of their data centers but the reality is most uh, enterprises have already made a multi-million dollar investment um, in technology that's working it might not be working as fast as they want um, but you can't walk away from that the, the cost savings in the cloud if they're there are not that significant that you're going to leave millions on the table. So the reality is, you know, for a standard data center life cycle, so like you said, a five to seven year uh, term, 
you're going to be dealing with two environments and it's not just that it's two environments it's two environments that are completely different it's very much apples and oranges so you do need a different approach got it um and mark i don't want to put you on the spot but what trend micro specifically what what kind of solutions are are you guys you know working with customers on yeah, so one of our, our, our big push, and you know, we would just hit it real brief because we don't want it to be a sales pitch at all, is just um, we have a platform called Deep Security, and we built it with the principle of trying to put security as close to the data and application as possible. Um, and because of that, it uh, we've been able to adapt it um, for multiple cloud use, for data center use, for um, the hybrid scenario quite well, because we've taken a lot of the principles that work in the cloud and made it so that you can leverage them where it makes sense in the data center. So a lot of automation. Um, a lot of uh, programmability um, and a lot of intelligence in the products that so you don't have to worry about the nitty-gritty of dealing with uh, security day-to-day -day unless it's really urgent and requires you to intervene. Excellent. And, um, I mean, Trend, Trend's obviously not the only one doing this, Mark. When we talk about cloud, too, I, I wanted to ask you this. Public versus private clouds, where, where are you seeing this kind of... Uh, you know, are are we? You know, to me, a private cloud is is goes hand in hand with hybrid, right? Um, but there are people who are doing public cloud and data center, and that's hybrid as well. Yeah, and and I find for me, you know, private was a real big pushback from a lot of the incumbent data center vendors, um, and you know, we've kind of gotten out of that hype phase and into the reality of it. And I tend to see what a private cloud is is somebody who's taken the data center and adapted a lot of the cloud processes and the ideas behind a public cloud and um, implemented them within their data center, which can be a really good thing. So you can get on-demand resources, so you just query an API instead of sending a, a ticket and getting a bunch of people to do work. Um, you know, getting that accountability, getting that accessibility and that visibility that we're used to in the, pro in the public cloud, getting that in the data center. So I think um, the ideal hybrid scenario is leveraging private cloud, public cloud. A lot of people aren't there with their data center because implementing change takes a long time. Um, there's a lot of cultural change, a lot of tooling change. So you'll see them with sort of more of the traditional data center approach. But if they want to be successful over the next few years, they need to start pushing more of those private cloud ideas internally because that'll help them have one set of processes and tools across both the public and the private cloud. Makes sense. Makes sense. And Mark, what about people, though, who just say, you know what, I'm, I'm biting the bullet. I, I'm just going to do cloud or, you know, or I'm just going to do data center. You know, what? first of all, nothing's forever, obviously, right? You, you could say that today, but things change. Is, is, the, is the trend micro solution specifically, let's say, is it one that will work? with one, but that scales to the other, or in other words, how do we stay at a dead ends? Yeah, and, and specifically for us, this is something we've been dealing with with our customers over the last few years, because we've got um, customers who are 99% in the cloud and 1% in a data center somewhere, and the exact opposite. Um, and it really, uh, you know, every culture and enterprise is unique in what their blend and their mix of those environments is. Um, so having the tool um, be agnostic to that um, is really important. So, you know, we'll scale from protecting one system to protecting 100,000 systems 
systems um, with the same platform very, very easily. And I think um, there are a lot of projects out there, um, you know, not just uh, commercial offerings from Trend Micro, but we're seeing this a lot in the um, operational monitoring space. Um, so, uh, you know, things like Ryman or Logstash, which are two great open source projects to help you correlate data. They work equally well in the cloud as they do in the data center. Um, and I think that's really a big win for people is that you need to put the assets in the environment that makes the most sense, but you should be able to use modern tools in both. And, and that's a real big important point for people to take away is that you want to be, even if you're in a traditional sort of slowly evolving data center environment, you want to be making sure that you're leveraging some of the great advances we've made in security and in operational tools. Excellent. Excellent. Mark, we're, we're coming near the end of our time as this always seems to go quick, but let's talk a little bit about the research that you've been doing and, and just to give our audience maybe a little insight. What, what, what are you kind of researching now? What do you find really interesting? Yeah, the, the biggest area I'm focusing on right now is, is the rise of um, what's been deemed the serverless architecture. So um, obviously sort of a poor choice of names, there are servers somewhere, um, but it's the idea of leveraging a function as a service or something like um, Microsoft Azure functions or um, AWS Lambda, where you've just got um, code that you input that runs in a sandbox on someone else's systems, you don't have to worry about any of that. So scaling and operational tasks are kind of out the door, um, but these are, are heavily leveraging SaaS services, and you're sort of picking the best um, aspects of multiple um, providers and stitching it together into one big application. And there's a lot of really interesting advantages for the business there because you're focusing purely on delivering value to your users. Uh, but from a security perspective, now you've got multiple parties and systems that you have to trust, that have to work together, that have to share security controls. Um, and then that is normally only one application in a suite of others. So you've got serverless applications, you've got applications that are running on containers, and then traditional applications. So I've been looking at not just the serverless, but how do you address all of these in a consistent manner um, so that you can apply um, security to the data where, where it's being processed? Excellent. Um, Mark, we, we are butting up against time here. But one last question, and it's one I frequently ask our guests here on DevOps Chat. If you had to recommend one book to our audience to read, not necessarily the last book you read or anything like that, but one book they should read, what's your recommendation? Yeah, that's always a tough question. Um, I love reading, so I'm always reading three or four books at a time. Um, and, you know, it's a safe assumption that this audience has already read The Phoenix Project. If they haven't, they should. Um, my latest favorite in this space is called The Art of Monitoring. It's by James Turnbull. Um, and it's a look at how to um, uh, implement metrics and measurement um, around running applications um, regardless of where they are. So it talks about logging, it talks about real-time alerting, um, and it's a really great approach um, in that you know, it's always looking at results. So not just collecting data for data's sake, um, but it sort of walks you through how all of this stuff should roll up to give your teams some actionable insight on how your application is doing. It's a really great book. Got it. Interesting. Well, Mark, thank you so much for being this episode's guest of DevOps Chat. Um, we'd like to maybe have you back on sometime and talk to us about more of the research you're doing. Continued success to you and Trend Micro. Um, and uh, just thanks again. This is Alan Schimmel for DevOps Chat, and thanks for joining us. Until next time. <laughs>